This is What's the Story on ThePeopleChronicles.com. My name is Joe Painter, and our guests this time around, the president of the NAACP, uh, the Reading Berks chapter, is Bill Thompson, and Reading Police Chief Bill Heim, talking about the, the state of Reading, if you will, juxtaposed against the national discourse that is taking place regarding race relations and police brutality in the aftermath of the incident in Ferguson that we all know about. And Chief Heim, you were just talking about acknowledging, essentially, the um, what armored equipment and, and um, armored vehicles and resistant armored trucks and machine guns and what that kind of presence does to the psyche when that show of force from a police department shows up at a scene, whether it's a protest or a crime. And, and you said that is a very touchy situation. And it's my understanding the military is transferring these kinds of equipment to um, small-town police departments, medium-town police departments. Does Reading have any of that equipment? We do not really, except that, you know, we got some uh, ceremonial rifles from the Ceremonial? The yeah, the, we, we use them for the honor guard. Oh, okay, um, okay. So, you know, they're they're not... They're not weapons that we routinely use. We do have we do have weapons that are above the normal that we we feel we do need for uh, things like high risk search warrants and barricaded gunmen and things like that. We don't have any armored vehicles. We don't really have any military type equipment uh, beyond some some rifles. Um, we don't have a SWAT team in the in the city of Reading. I mean, we're of a size where a lot of departments would have their own SWAT team. We Why don't, don't we? we? We we just don't feel that we need it. The state police okay. have such a, a a SWAT team if if we need it. I don't think we even use them once a year. And our officers are very adept at handling just about every situation they can come upon, and and they do it with their uh, their regular training and experience in in the city of Reading. And I'm I'm extremely proud of them for being able to resolve a whole lot of. Um, tense, volatile situations without resulting uh, to uh, military tactics or a SWAT team. Not that there's not a place for that sometime, but mm-hmm. but uh, it's not something that we rely on uh, often at all. So it's certainly not the, the first tool that comes no. out of the box. And I had no. mentioned the um, uh, police chief in, in Seattle, and his name is Norm Stamper, who, who, as I mentioned, did pull out all of the bells and whistles in, in an anti-protest. And in the end, he talked about the insidious psychological effect on the police themselves because you're doing your job. And boy, oh boy, would the citizenry be angry with you, the police, if you didn't protect us while there's rampaging going on. And that's a whole other issue, how the citizens are behaving. And of course, we want police. But... Um, now you're equipping a police force whose job is to protect, and it didn't have a good effect on the police or the citizens. I could see that. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I don't know Chief Stamper. He's been out of the business for a little bit. but um, Yeah, that was in 1999. Yeah, he brings that up, when, he when brings that up some valid points. And I think we all need to be mindful of the broad implications of the things that we do. Certainly in a city like Reading, if you create a military zone, it tarnishes the image even more so. I mean, you talk about those dubious distinctions. Certainly we're a very impoverished community as far as the crime issue. 
Um, I think that's grossly exaggerated, and I can tell you if you read the vital signs report that was released by the Opaque Institute and the Berks County Community Foundation, you would see that crime, although troubling, isn't um, as severe of an issue as people perceive it to be. And I have to give credit to the police force for that. I think, uh, you know, in Bill's response to your last question, he had mentioned training, and I think that's quintessential. You know, it's very important for the police force to understand how to deal with particular situations, how do you de-escalate a matter to recognize that they are public servants and they have to uphold a particular duty. The citizenry wants protection. Sometimes they mm -hmm. want protection from themselves as individuals. You know, if you think about this situation that took place after the Michael Brown uh, shooting, you had the, uh, I'm missing his first name, but uh, the young man by the name of Powell who got shot with brandishing a knife. You know, some people are dealing with mental health issues mm -hmm. and are looking for suicide by the police officer's gun. And I saw that happen most recently down in St. Louis. So you have these national stories. You have, you know, Darren Wilson, the officer that shot um, Michael Brown. You know, that's the outcome of that investigation is yet to be determined. Um, you saw the incident with the Powell. Um, the man brandishing the knife. But you also have to think about Eric Gardner in, in New York, who you have to question whether those police officers were trained as thoroughly as they should have been because the chokehold that was used that led to the death of Eric Gardner is prohibited with the New York police force. So why did they go to that extreme? You know, you have to question whether the training took place. And I can tell you in talking with... Um, Police Chief Himes, he is very, very cognizant of some of the issues that exist and addresses them head on. So I think as a city, we're in a very good place. So as long as we maintain this public discourse, we break down the insulation, we start to recognize common ground that will stay, um, you know, out of the national limelight. Common ground that is is. Um probably reinforced by the collaboration going on between the citizens and uh, groups like the NAACP and the police force. And I think it's underscored, uh, Chief, by the fact that we don't have a SWAT team and we don't have this equipment. And the biggest reason, at least I'm here, what I'm hearing is because we haven't needed it. We don't need it. So that begs the question, and there again in the story is, what's going right here in the city of Reading that has avoided these um, volatile situations. And is there collaboration amongst other police forces? Are people coming to you, Chief Hyman, saying, hey, what are you doing? And we would like to replicate that. Or maybe we can institute it in our community. Well, we haven't had people banging down our doors asking what <laughs> we do that, that maybe other police departments don't do. But one of the things, Joe, that, that we are very cognizant of is, is we never want to be viewed as an occupying force in mm -hmm. a neighborhood that, that Bill alluded to. You know, we're the, we want to be the people's police. We don't want to be apart from them. We, we don't like this us versus them attitude that um, sometimes can happen, you know, pretty easily, that, that accusations that the, the cops are covering up for each other. Uh, you you know, see that all the time, you, those you, accusations. It makes people angry. You see it all the time. And as we discussed at the meeting last Thursday, uh, that kind of thing happens to a certain extent. The, the police are protective of each other. They rely on each other for 
backups. They rely on each other for their safety. In so. fairness, doesn't that happen in almost all occupations? Lawyers will look out for each other's back. Teachers, and I'm not picking on lawyers, teachers, but almost any occupation, there's a sort of brotherhood with your coworkers, and you are going to work with each other. Yeah, I think that's probably true, but um, I don't know that other lines of work have the conflict that that we have to insert ourselves in. True, very, um, very true. You know, police. Police, when they are called or have to intervene in a situation, they just can't walk away. They're either going to de-escalate a situation or if they don't do the right thing, they can escalate the situation. But we, we have to act. We've got to be there. So I think that, that puts a, you know, that's a lot of responsibility on, a like Bill said, a human being mm-hmm. who's got the same strengths and weaknesses as other people to uh, insert themselves into a volatile situation where most often you're not going to be able to make everyone happy with decisions that you have to make and come out of that with, um, you know, leaving a good taste in everyone's mouth that the, the police treated everyone involved fairly. That's a tough order. Training. It seems to be a, a resonating theme here, and it has served well uh, the public here in the city of Reading. This is What's the Story? We focused a lot on police. How about race relations? How are we doing? We'll find out in the next part here on thepeoplechronicles.com.